Hi, I'm Jamie. I've been a producer, director, and a screenwriter. I'm Brad. I've been a videographer and a screenwriter. This is TV We Love, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a single season of our favorite TV shows. And maybe some of our second favorites, too. Hello. Howdy. Howdy, Jamie. How's it going? <laughs> it's going pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome. Hey, I got a question for you. Okay. Have you ever noticed, and this is silly, that Brad Pitt was once with Jennifer Aniston, and later he was with Angelina Jolie? Mm-hmm. And their initials are J-A and A-J. <laughs> I did not <laughs> notice that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a brilliant observation that I wow. had in my head for like a week. And I was like, I can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> and do you think he chose it that way? I, I, you know, it's probably just a coincidence, but maybe he's drawn to people with those letters in their name. Who knows? Who maybe knows? we'll keep an eye on him. See what if, he does next. You know, if people believe in horoscopes, I can believe that Brad Pitt uh, likes women or people with the letters AJ in their name. J and A, A and J. We will keep an eye on that. Anyway, what what made me think of that? Yeah, what made me think of that was uh, you've seen the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. Yeah, where Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt is like this laid back dude and he reminds me a lot of Matthew McConaughey. And I remember watching that the first time, right. uh, the movie. I was like, man, this role would be good for Matthew McConaughey. So ever since then, I've wanted Brad Pitt and Matthew McConaughey to start in a movie together. And I feel like they would bounce off of each other really well. So I think you're right. I'd like to see that. That'd yeah. be a good matchup. I know. <laughs> I almost said it. I almost said those three words or the one word over and over. Um, <laughs> You can. This would be the place to do it. No, I'm gonna wait. We got okay. All there's right. eight episodes in this season. I'm part. gonna I'm gonna hang on to it. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> what uh what do you got? What's new with you? Anything? Oh well I've been house sitting, pet sitting. Uh I've done two different houses this week, and my big observation was that it really sucks to shower at other people's houses. It's just Correct. weird. Right. Would you agree? I would like, agree. I would and it's agree. like you expect them to, you know, have the necessities in there, like shampoo, conditioner, toilet paper, body wash, something, <laughs> right? Right. Well, uh, you know, I've been going back and forth. I'm moving too, so it's been kind of a hectic week. So I grab my stuff. I get here. I have my shampoo. I have my conditioner, but no soap. So they left me a gift basket uh, to thank me. You know for helping and it had a lot of snacks in it but it had this bar of soap in it and so I was like sweet you know I got my soap I, I you know we're, let's do this let's shower right so I get in there and shower and I look at my I'm using the bar of soap I look at my hands and they're like gold literally I looked like I had just painted myself gold and <laughs> I, apparently this 
it was like a fancy bar of soap. And so I looked at my arms, they're all shimmering. And uh, I, I didn't know if this was going to stay or if it was going to wash off. But now I just have a light shimmer to me. You'll be happy to know. And it smells was really it... good. But it's, <laughs> it was so weird. It was so weird. I'm... Well, first, I have to say, I thought for sure you were going to tell me it wasn't soap. It was actually like a chocolate bar or something. <laughs> uh, some sort of edible soap looking thing. Uh, I've and then, never seen gold now, flakes that this, rub off on you in the shower. It was really strange. But anyway. You know, I could see that being a desired look, though. Like, because body glitter was huge a while yeah. ago and then you know obviously everybody hates glitter yeah it's the herpes of the arts and crafts world as yes it is yes the it whole is. uh yeah i could see the the body gold being a, a desirable look but well, there's just, such thing as decoration soap was it just decoration soap? i don't know i don't know it did the trick though i smell fantastic if you smell and fantastic and you have I a have this, gold like, glow super glittery not super i would say a mild golden glow to me and i feel like i just dressed up for the episode you know so when you've got that glow i do there's a movie from the 80s that's called barry gordy's last dragon and kind of the the end game scenario on that is there's a good glow and a bad glow. And the bad glow is obviously red. So the bad guy had like a red glow to him when he wanted to turn up his powers, he would have like a red glow. And then the good guy, uh, Bruce Leroy was his name. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, he had a gold glow and there are gifts that you can send back and forth gifts or gifs that you can send back and forth where he's got the gold glow. So oh. yes, if well, I am the Bruce Leroy of, <laughs> of this podcast, yes, Bruce Leroy of this podcast. <laughs> so that is amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about episode two today. Are you ready to talk about episode two? I'm so ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> I, I first, I want to say that, I'm still, this is the, at least the third time that I've seen this episode and I am still so excited about it. And I was thinking, you know, this season one of this series, True Detective, kind of ruined TV for me because it is such, it's just, they're huge shoes to fill. I, and I kind of feel that way so too. Good. Yeah. yeah. I kind of feel that way too, where it it really raised the bar of what specifically like, because nobody really does. I mean, it was like Showtime and HBO. Like they're the ones that do the, like, you know, before this, there was the Sopranos and everything. The Sopranos was, was good, yeah, but it really didn't bring this level of dimension to the characters, like the depth yeah. and all that. Um, yeah. would you say you like this episode, episode two, better than episode one, or how, I, how would you rank them so far? I feel like everything about it was kicked up a notch okay. as far as like the writing, interesting, the, okay, the characters, their intensity. I have 
so much to say. And uh, Woody, I mean, okay. So I feel like it's easy to have all eyes on Rust. Um, yeah, because, he's sexier. Well, and just because of the nature of his character. And well, yeah, Matthew, and it, Matthew McConaughey, Matthew Matt M's performance. <laughs> um, you know, but man, Woody's performance of Marty. If you watch his reactions to Rust, he just like really kicked up the intensity. I thought. And, and I didn't mean that. So I didn't mean that like he's sexier, like looks like just his whole character. There's a certain right. confidence and a suaveness to yes. him. Yes. Yep. He's, Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure some of that is Matthew McConaughey and how he just acts. Right. It really shows specifically in this episode too, as we'll talk about, because his character gets elevated and he, he gets more depth as well. So, yeah, I agree. Um, I was asking you how you would rank it, though, because IMDb Ooh. ranks episode one at an 8.9. Wow. They, they ranked episode two at an 8.8. .8. Ooh, I would have to disagree. Would you um, go reverse or what would you well, do? Well, okay. You know, episode one totally caught me off guard the first time I watched it. I was I, I was drawn in i was in i was invested it was a huge surprise for me um so i mean i i would if i were to rate that episode alone before seeing episode two you know i would rank it up there but i think that this one is i would have to rank it like a nine it, really it's, okay it's, yeah and i can't wait to talk about it okay <laughs> More. So, i will say that oh. the first two episodes of true detective are the lowest ranked episodes on IMDb okay. as far okay. as their, their ratings go, which makes me excited because I remember loving this and I knew it's been my favorite since I've seen it, mm -hmm. but I don't really remember every single episode. And that kind of bumps me out because there's so many TV shows that I remember every single second, every single frame of it. So knowing that it only gets better too is, is the crazy part because these first two episodes have just been fantastic. So, I agree. But hey, are, you, are you eating a sandwich? I am. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell. <laughs> I think I can hear the bread in your teeth. You cannot. It's not. It's a wrap. There's no bread, so you, you're not hearing anything. All right. <laughs> it's the, it's the ninja of the ninjas of bread. <laughs> the wrap. So. All right. <laughs> you may have heard a pop can get opened. I tried to be, I tried to talk as I was opening it, but well, okay. I don't know. Anyway, well, I'll, I'll start us off with a summary of this okay. episode. Sounds great. So Cole and Hart travel around, uh, trying to track down leads to their case, darker sides of Hart's personal and family lives. Uh, well, Hart's and, uh, Cole's personal and family lives are revealed. So the episode starts with rust. Uh, there's uh, flashbacks to telling um, oh I'm sorry I think I'm a little bit lost okay so the episode starts with Russ uh, at the interviewing because yeah. that's where they left off <laughs> that's where I was taking a bite so go <laughs> oh well you gotta warn me okay. um Yes. Um, so it starts with Rust. 
And one thing I noticed right away is that their appearances, you know, Russ's appearance changed so much from 1995 Russ to, what was it, 2012? Yeah, it Russ, really did. It really did. Like drastically. Mm-hmm. And Woody's stayed the same, you know? Um, he pretty Well, he loses hair. Well, yeah, but, you know, he was pretty much the same Marty as he was in 1995, you know? Yeah. yeah. And Russ did this, like, complete, like, transformation. And yeah. that was one thing that dawned on me, too. Yeah. So. Do you think it means that he has the most growth between the two of them as a person? Um, well, I think you can tell by... Do you think that's like a metaphor, though? Like, I he's do. obviously I... grown more. Yes, than... okay. I do. I okay. feel that way. I feel like Woody's mostly unchanged, um, or Marty's mostly unchanged. And you can tell by his words and his body language that he's got some issues with himself that have gone, uh, just gotten buried and kind of stayed where they were at yeah. all these years. But Rust um, completely transformed. And even though he looks like he's been through some shit, um, he, his confidence shines through. And he's just like, this is who I am. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I am this I am and I'm happy with it. Um, I live by myself so that nobody else can tell me what to do. This is, yeah. you know. And yeah. you can just, it's just a total, I mean, even though he looks like crap and Marty looks pretty good, you know, yeah. um, it, it, their, their actions are the exact opposite and of you know, their looks, you know, and they, and he does reference that, uh, Matt M's character, Russ yeah. <clears throat> does reference that. He's like, I know who I am. Like he's come yeah. to peace with it. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they start off with the interviewing and the interviewing detectives, they ask uh, uh, about the mom. Like, so you talk to the victim's mom. <clears throat> so it, it flashbacks to 1995. Right. And the mom is played by Tess Harper. And uh, she's also been in the Jackal with Bruce Willis. She was the first lady okay. in that. So uh, mom seems to be a little bit of a pill head. And she mm-hmm. has some really interesting fingernails. Uh, yeah. because of dry cleaning apparently right. chemicals and yes. i have to say of all of the people that i've ever encountered that have that may have issues with drugs right you know mm-hmm. uh it, the scenario usually tends to be they think they know more than we know when right. it's obvious what the situation is so yeah i mean i've i've never been a dry cleaner but i'm I'm pretty sure I've never heard of dry cleaner nails. So yeah, I I made a note of that too. I, I was like, is that a thing? I mean, maybe it is. There's chemicals, you know. I don't know. Yeah. But I just thought her headache was super convenient because I think they asked her about the church or something right before that. It was and it, it just came on suddenly, and it just te- it seemed to me like it was a. Oh, a distraction from having well, to then they the asked, question, you know? Then they asked about the victim's dad, and she, the mom, 
mm-hmm. as Harper. She just looked at Rustin Martin and was like, what sort of father doesn't bathe their child? Yes, I thought that was such a weird <laughs> thing to say. It's really weird because it's yeah. like, well, what's the age of the child at the time, you know? like, Yeah. So maybe she I, was holding on to this moment from you know, the daughter's <laughs> childhood and yeah you know she was very um everything was disjointed you know she she was yeah. not making much sense at all yeah. so so then it flash it fast forwards back to 2012 and the detectives are interviewing martin mm-hmm. and martin leaves a little quip you know because he's like just did Russ ever talk about his family or whatever? So Martin starts talking about his dad mm-hmm. and how he's six inches taller than his dad. And even in the end, though, he thinks he could have taken him. He, he thinks right. his dad still would have whooped him. And yep. I got to say, I, I don't want to say I joke with my kids, but I tell my kids all the time, you will never be stronger than your dad. And yep. I don't care. And I feel that way now. Like, I don't care how much in my prime I feel like I am or I was. I don't think I could ever beat up my dad. I think my dad will just always be stronger. There's something about dad strength. It's just, yeah, it's unreal. Interesting. So. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, before we move on from this interview with the mom or this, you know, the questioning of the mom, did you see the picture on the mantle? Did no, I missed that. that. I missed that. It was, it looked like, I don't know, like the KKK, but they were in black. Oh, it was, it looked like they were on horses. I mean, it just flashes for just a moment, but they do, they do hold on it for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I, this time was the first time I'd noticed it, but there were hoods, um, black hoods that were kind of pointy, like KKK looking things. Um, But they were on, I think they were on horses and it just shows it for a minute. So I don't know. And then when he asked about the church, he suddenly gets this headache. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's a connection there or it's just they were just trying to drop, you know, a little backstory in there. Yeah. In a brief moment, but and, I don't and know. And I honestly don't remember. So maybe that will come into play a little bit more or maybe it was just um, a, a little bit of an insight to her. You right. Know? Yeah. So. Yeah, mm. but there's something weird about the her answering the church question. Okay. Yeah. We will keep an eye out on that. Right. Yep. Um, and then one of my favorite moments, I think it was right after this. Um, they were in the car. Rust and Marty were in the car, and Marty asked Rust about if his mom is still alive. Yeah. Right. And he just says, maybe. Yeah. And I just thought that was brilliant writing and acting. He didn't need to say anything else. And it was like a complete backstory of him and his mom. And yeah, his I mean, with his mom, it was one word. Yeah. Right there. You maybe. know, he and his mom yeah. don't talk. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I loved that. I thought it was brilliant. I think this yep. whole episode was packed with little gems like that. Yep. So. so after the uh, uh, do you have anything on the martin and his dad being six inches shorter no but i i loved what you had to say about it and i i can see that 
yeah you know, I'm not you know of course I I don't think about me and my dad getting in a, like a wrestling match or anything yeah, yeah my dad <laughs> see if uh, I was a guy you know but, yeah my my dad just turned 66 or 67 or something like that and I still think he would kick my butt so <laughs> that's awesome <yeah. laughs> um so after the Marty scene where he uh-huh. talks about his dad uh <clears throat> it shows rust and uh martin interviewing the victim's friend i cannot i didn't note the victim's name i keep forgetting to do that but uh the victim's name is dora lang that's right that's yeah. right thank you um anyway they talk to her friend dora lane's friend and mm-hmm. that she's played by amy brissett uh or brissetti uh she was also in Bad Moms and Emmanuel 2000, as well as uh, an episode or two of Reno 911. So, but she says uh, Dora Lane found a church, and I believe uh, her ex-husband. It's it's also mentioned that she found a king or her king or something like that. And the yeah. ex-husband from episode one also mentioned that she found some sort of king or something right. like that. So, this is starting to be a big clue here that right. uh you know we, we're going to be hearing more about the king i'm pretty right. sure yeah exactly mm-hmm. um it was about around this this point in the episode this round of watching it that i realized that this every single scene um especially from this point on is about a power struggle or control in some way. Um, and at, at first I thought, man, this is like, it's kind of masculine. It's, um, you know, there's a lot of power pull back and forth and people trying to control the world, you know, the, yeah. their world in that moment and their people. Um, but then I noticed that it, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but it's not just the men, even the the scenes with the females, there's also a, a power struggle there. And I said, but we'll talk about that more in a minute, but I started noticing it. And so you're going to hear me talk about it. Okay. More. All right. <laughs> I mean, that's something, yeah. That's something I'll be looking out for more too. Yeah. Okay. So do you have anything else to add on the friend? No, not on the friend. Oh, okay. So after the friend, it's Marty and Rust back in the car. Yep. And Rust finally tells Marty that he was married and his kid had died. And looks like Marty understands his partner a little bit better now. Uh, Right. It's like this is the first sign of any sort of compassion or empathy. Uh, and, And maybe he's like, okay, I get why you're kind of weird. At least it's like the beginning of the I'm starting to understand you a little bit more. Like maybe, maybe I should start asking you questions about you to try to get to know you on a different right. level. So, right. Right. But if, that all came from. I had suggested or no, pretty much it's like, do you even know him? Do you know anything yeah. about him? And so, yeah. From episode one. Yeah. Right. Sorry. I was taking a drink. <laughs> um, <laughs> I finished my ninja bread sandwich, by the way. So. Oh, okay. Your ninja <laughs> All right. bread. And I had pickles too. Did you hear the pickles? No, I didn't hear the pickles. Good job. All right. You're welcome. And I yeah. was right on this microphone too, chewing like a ninja. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and, you were chewing like a ninja because I didn't hear it. 
Well, I know I'm very good at chewing. I've been doing it my whole life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a master. Um, Russ telling Marty that he was married uh, came just after uh, Marty asked him, like, hey, so how come you didn't leave? And uh, yeah. Russ was like, well, I guess it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, which right. naturally Marty's like, well, you thought my family would be bad, but it wasn't necessarily that. No. Is that Russ didn't think he would be able to handle being around the family life, like seeing right. seeing a wife, seeing kids, and what kind of environment that was. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, and that was also the reason why he was probably drunk in the first place was because he knew he had to go deal with that, which yes. they, didn't, they didn't really say in the first episode. They just said that he couldn't think of a reason not to drink, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, well, he he did that. He did tell Marty in the first in episode one that he he didn't drink, right? But then he ended up drinking like the same night. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because it and he he does bring up that it was his daughter's birthday in the interview. Yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I think it it goes back to. The interviewing detectives again with Rust. Yeah. And uh, I didn't write down any dialogue or anything like that, but I did write down it was at this time when when uh, Rust is talking, Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. I see shades of Matthew McConaughey's character from Days of Confuse. Like, oh, interesting. It, it is such, like, in a weird universe, you could almost make believe that this is that character it's just That's it's so his whole nonchalant yeah attitude, just right. all right you know this is yeah, who yeah. i am i'm gonna have these right. ears and you can't stop me you know yeah he was like um i know who i am there ain't no one to stop me and there's a victory in that you yeah. know like yeah. this is this is good stuff right here yeah <laughs> you yeah. know yeah um I also, during that that portion of the interview, another uh, line that Matt M. had was, <laughs> um, me being this way made me right for the job. That's, I liked that. That was a fantastic line. So yeah, it's, it's I definitely, agree. I yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. You know, it, in, and I think he even, uh, I'll elaborate a little bit more. He said something like, some people think that the job made me this way. He's like, but maybe I was this way. So I was right for the job. Yeah. You know? Something it, to that effect. Yeah. 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 And I, I just, I thought that was so brilliant, you know? Me too. And I think he, he's right for that. Yeah, I do too, because I think certain personalities attract a certain career path, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, you just stereotypically like you can almost pick out little kids if you know them be like that kid's gonna grow up to be a doctor you know and that kid's gonna grow up to work sanitations or something and they're both respectable i'm not trying to say anything like that it's just you can just tell you know it's it's early on in the personality stage where he's like "I, i see this kid like doing a specific thing in their life so Mm -hmm. anyway that's just maybe maybe i took that too far i don't know (laughs) so, <laughs> um, so then it, it it goes to 1995 marty he's at a bar uh he's talking to other detectives and he's sharing a crazy story about what ended up being a, a three-way with uh some lady and her roommate and then uh 
so we this basically confirms any suspicion you had from episode one that Marty's seeing a lady on the side. Right. The, the lady's played by Alexandria Daddario. Uh, her character name is Lisa Tragnetti, and she's been in a ton of stuff. She's she was in the Baywatch movie. She's been in all of the the Percy Jackson movies. Okay, she looked familiar to me. But yeah, I place her. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> Marty tries to rationalize it with the detectives uh, in modern day. Right. And he's like, it's better for the family. You have to decompress, right. you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, and and the lady that he is seeing was in the first episode. And she's the one that brought him the documents that they were to go over and they snuck off into the room or whatever. So it, yeah. it, they're not very good at hiding it, that sort of thing. No. And yeah. I mean, this really was the I mean, you kind of had your suspicions about Marty, but this was like the first time where he was just blatantly hypocritical yeah you know he was yeah. like uh just talking about the importance of family and then he has this mistress on the side it really is know? so weird that um, that's how he rationalized it too he's like it's right. good for the family to be horrible to the family right. like it's it's really weird yeah it is and um he he made it sound like it was uh yeah, he used the cop out of it's so I can decompress, you know? Yeah. It's my my job is so stressful. But then you got Rust who is up all night uh working <laughs> on yeah. the case. Like and he doesn't he need even, to decompress. No. He just goes balls deep into this yes. case. Yeah. Right. And he even was in the same room with a prostitute and was like, nah, I don't want it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, nah, I'm working, I'm, not, not I'm working, just give me thing. something where I can sleep and I can do my job, you know? Yep. And I'm glad you brought so, that up because, uh, okay. it, as, as Marty's fooling around, uh, Rust is getting his quaaludes from the, uh, the, the, the drug dealing prostitute. And I was like, right. what really are quaaludes? So do you know what quaaludes are like exactly? No. Other I, than they're just downers. Downers. I just, that's all I really know. So they're downers. Um, okay. But I, I've heard it, you know, a yeah. lot. That I feel like quaaludes were huge in like the 70s and 80s, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. It did, so, it did kind of sound like a blast from the past. Like I think. Yeah. Uh, quaaludes, no, some lewds, man. Right. Uh, so methoquaylone is a hypnotic sed- sedative. It was sold under the brand names quaalude and sopar or sopor among others, which contained 300 milligrams of methaquaylune and sold as a combination drug under the brand name Mandrax, which contained 250 milligrams. Uh, uh, but that was mostly in Europe. Quaaludes are primarily a sedative drug, so they do relax you, but they can create a high if the user resists the urge to fall asleep, which reminds me of huh. Ambien. Is it Ambien where people do that too? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess Ambien is like the 90s and 2000s version of the Quaalude. Uh, the drug is typically used with alcohol to create a drunken, sleepy high, and the effects can last up to six hours. However, of course, with all drugs, overuse of the drug can lead to a variety of negative effects, including respiratory arrest, delirium, kidney or liver damage, coma, and even death. Now I feel like one of those prescription drug commercials, you know. Yeah. Um, it, Rust is also learning at this time about the ranch from the pill hooker, right? Uh, 
uh, and her name is first time we hear about the ranch. Yeah, her name is Lucy in in the the show. Her name is Lucy, but her okay. her real name is Alicia Oaks, and uh, she was in Ballers with The Rock. A little fun fact about oh, her. Okay. Yeah. So if you keep an eye out for her if you watch Ballers, I've never seen Ballers. <laughs> I haven't either. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, any you got anything else on the uh, Quaalude transaction? No, no, but I appreciate you um, clarifying exactly what it was. And yeah, I was curious. I figured we could share it with anybody that was listening. So, yeah. of course, you know, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's already a Quaalude expert, maybe. So, yeah. Um, so I'm assuming the next morning or later on, uh, we see Marty with uh his woman and he's like where were you last night she's like i was out with some friends so then he tries to use this police influence to keep his mistress at home because he's jealous and insecure yes yeah so yeah there's more control control her right and he even's like he's even like oh there's a serial killer on the loose so you got to stay home and like he even uses that scare tactic to control her right yeah and and, and he was like there's more and it's like what mm -hmm. we haven't seen more how is there more like what's right he really hyped it up yeah it it was that was another scene where you if you pay attention it was back and forth with the power each like he thought he had the power um then she got out the handcuffs and yeah. handcuffed him and for uh also that was not her first time to cuff a guy <laughs> she was an expert <laughs> at that well uh, <laughs> I, feel like she works. I mean maybe she's handcuffed him multiple times you know? yeah yeah maybe that's their um, favorite game maybe maybe but i think he wanted to use them on her but um so then he you know he was like you need to stay home i drove by you weren't here the other night you know and she's yeah. like, whoa, she shifts the power. She's like, whoa. No. And I, I'm not trying to justify her at all. Right. Uh, I, I'm sure she's a good spirited person. I, I think Marty's a good spirited person. He just has his morals kind right. of screwed up. Yes. But <clears throat> she's playing it straight, though. Like, yes. she knows yes. what she's doing. She right. knows what she's part of. And she doesn't yes. necessarily like nope. Marty. And she doesn't necessarily like that he's married. No, but she's she's not blind. He's just whatever until she finds somebody else. So she's just going to keep right. on living her and life. And she tells so, him that. And so she yeah. took the power back there. You know, it, exactly. It's her way of not being used for sex. Exactly. She's actually using him for sex. You know? Exactly. But so, more more so at her convenience than his, too, which yes. I think, you know, obviously pisses him off and makes him feel insecure. So. Right. And I have more to say about that when we get into more of the rant. Um, oh, OK. I'll okay. have a, a I'll have a uh, throwback to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, way to way to tease that. I know. That's a little teaser. <laughs> a little teaser. I know. A little teasy. Yeah, this would be um, a great place for a commercial. It would break, be. <laughs> you know? <So>. Are you <laughs> are you saying we should take a commercial break? No, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Oh, okay. All right. As if we have commercials. <laughs> um. Uh, so then it's the it's definitely the next morning uh rust is in the police station locker room he's washing up uh marty comes in and 
says a few things and Russ just sort of calls him out like you you might want to what do you say wash up you got pussy on your breath or something yeah like that. yeah uh so then this creates a little bit of a physical alteration altercation <laughs> between Marty and Rust and Marty's trying to keep convincing Rust that it was between him and his wife and Rust is not fooled at all at least he doesn't seem fooled and he's like look he basically doesn't care no. he's just like if anything I, I feel like he's trying to help Marty out and Marty took offense to it you know like you stink. right right and uh and so Marty's got a hold of of Russ's shirt and he's got him pinned against the locker. Mm-hmm. But Russ is just kind of calm facing it and just grabs his hands and he's like, You're gonna lose your your hands, buddy. You know, it's yeah. like you're Russ- senior detective, you know this is gonna work. Yeah. yeah. I love how Russ can keep his cool and terrify you at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It was it was a really good, intense scene. I really don't like them fighting with each other right but i i think it was a good way to show that uh rust isn't just a nerd you know like even though he comes off as the pencil pusher of the two right now at this very moment uh you know there is some badassery to him as well so uh but between the two of them it's like Woody's character is like trying to act like he can walk tall where Russ just walks tall. He just does. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's Um, all about a show, you know, it's a power It's another power struggle though. Yeah. But it seems like, especially for Marty, that the more that he tries to fight for control, the more his weaknesses are highlighted. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the harder he fights for control, the more it shows how he is really weak right now, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, But this is another observation. Tell me if it's just me, but in my opinion, I think it's kind of weird that Woody's weaknesses look like weaknesses, but Russ's weaknesses look like strengths. Can you elaborate? Um, yeah, I mean, um, Woody's weaknesses, I don't know, they just seem more moral. They're like moral weaknesses. Yeah, um, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Russ's uh, weaknesses are because he was in the, the drug task force, this like high intensity, you know, he got, you know, we'll talk about that, you know, soon, but he went through all the stuff, his, his child died, his yeah, Mars fell apart like that crap beat him down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he yeah. has hallucinations and he has panic attacks and he has, you know, he can't sleep. He's got he's not a perfect man, but for some reason, all his shortcomings look like strengths because of what he's been through. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. and Woody's look like weaknesses because he put himself through that stuff through his choices. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's actually pretty brilliant. Oh, well, thanks, man. Well, you're welcome, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I can't remember if it was, uh, we're about to talk about the mechanics that they go interrogate, but I can't remember if it was on the way to the mechanics or after the mechanics, uh, 
Marty or Rust has the the visions, you know, and he kind of braces himself in the car right. and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, which is, you know, the, the episode is called Seeing Things. So right. it's, which is obviously a, a, a metaphor for the entire episode. Like they're, they're starting to see the picture too. Right. Um, but I, I also liked <laughs> Marty, you know, like he sees Rust obviously going through some sort of crazy discomfort you know mm-hmm. and it was just fantastic acting through yeah. and through on both of their parts yes but it, to our knowledge marty never asks russ if he's okay or if he's experiencing anything because my first thought is is russ having a heart attack like right. that's my first thought like he looks a little yeah. bit sweaty he's oh, looks yeah. uncomfortable it looks like he's stressing out about something it's just mm-hmm. it's really weird and he never even asks, like, are you okay? He just lets Russ do his thing, which is also a little bit respectable, too. Yeah, but, but if you look at his face and the way he's reacting to Russ when he's doing that, you can tell he's concerned. And it, yeah. It, you know, he's really uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really yeah, uncomfortable. He's like, are you about to start talking some more mumbo jumbo? You know? So, yeah, it's yeah. just, it was really, it was a good scene, but it was, it was, it was really weird, too, at the same time. Um, yeah. plus the vision itself, it, it looks something like out of Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, yeah, like at, at the end did. where it just looked like almost spirits were flying or something. It was, it was yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. The, the, the colors all, you know, moving around in the sunset and all that. Yeah. Stuff yeah. So Rust and Marty, they show up at a, God, it looks like an abandoned garage, but there's two dudes working inside They're They're. <laughs> doing some mechanic work whatever mechanics do and they're trying to ask questions like y'all hear about this ranch it's supposed to be mm-hmm. off of route 82 or whatever they say and like nope can't can't help you so they they both walk out to the car for a second and uh it, marty's got a little bit of a voiceover with the detectives and he's like you know he he had an eye or or a nose for sensing out this weakness for the lies you know right so then uh uh, the whole time we're watching 1995 marty and rust right he's like uh rust says to marty hey stay right here yeah and as rust walks back in marty's just sort of looking down and he starts smelling his fingers yes i noticed that too why didn't he wash (laughs) up when he had the chance (laughs) this man goes days without washing his hands apparently or showering or anything right he was walking towards the shower there were sinks right there why didn't he wash up i don't get it yeah i know so he smelled them like 10 times that's all he did while Russ was in his <laughs> what if we're, we're assuming he's trying to smell the lady from the night before but yes. what if he was digging in his belly button and he's just trying to smell he's his just, belly button I, no i don't know like, i assumed it was the the night before yeah but oh man it cracks me i'm another example of Russ in there yeah. doing the work while marty is in the car sniffing marty is the worst <laughs> literally marty sniffing. is the worst detective he is he's so bad <laughs> but this is like so full-on badassery of matthew yeah. mcconaughey russ character right. it's just like unleashed in this in this scene yeah and, it, and he's so cool about it too and he's got such mm-hmm. a man the face he makes when he's got the guy pinned down kind of reminds me uh-huh. of of a james bond moment with daniel right. craig uh yes. it just 
he's just doing his business. And and in that moment, it made me think Matthew McConaughey could be James Bond right now. Like, yeah, I mean, this is such a cool little box. And then he pins the other guy down. Yeah. You know, it was like nothing. But I want to say something else about the scene. Can I (laughs) real quick? (laughs) Yeah, you have permission. Keep speaking. All right. (laughs) Um, So back like the scene before it was a couple scenes before maybe when Rust was with the prostitute in the room he says this is another I even asked you if you were done with that sorry sorry I just remember this (laughs) Um, it was another power this whole thing is another power moment yeah Um, but he said to her he said I'm the police I can do terrible things to people with impunity yeah right and yep. then, like the next scene, he goes in and does terrible things to people with impunity. With great, yeah, you know, it's just such <laughs> exactly. great writing. Yeah. yeah. So, and apparently, the mechanics did know something because when Marty's done sniffing his fingers, Russ comes out and he's like, "Take this road about five miles down, head south. It's about three blocks off of this." You know. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just get in the car and drive away. So, they find the bunny ranch. They meet. Yep. Some of the friends of the victims, Marty pushes his hypocrisy onto the headmistress, mm-hmm. uh, slips some money to the victim's friend and whispers, do something else. Uh, it, it, one of them is supposed to be like a, a underage working girl. You right. Know, uh, her name is. The, right. Yeah. Her name is Beth. She's supposed to be friends with uh, mm-hmm. Dory, Doris, Dory. Dora, story, right? Dora Lang. Dora Lang. Sorry, I am yeah. horrible with names when I try to write them down. That's okay. Um, so the one lady we're assuming is like the headmistress of the whole trailer park, this mm-hmm. makeshift trailer park, and I'm not convinced it is. Uh, she lets on that the sheriff knows about their operation, and he probably gets discounts for looking the right. other way. Exactly. Um, I was. She's kind of like the madam or something of the yeah yeah, yeah. It, it definitely seemed that way I mean because mm-hmm. what are the odds that they found the exact person they needed to talk to as soon as they pulled in right um but they all the girls there were just staring at them like they knew either they had customers or they had trouble sort of right yeah uh, and and they definitely felt uh, exempt from any sort of punishment because of the sheriff and the deal that they have worked out mm-hmm. um. I didn't think the girl looked that young, the underage girl. I, I'm assuming she's no. supposed to be 14 or 15. And, and obviously they yeah. probably can't have a 14 or 15 year old working in right. this role. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they really didn't show anything. So, uh, you know, no. why not I mean, swing for the fences? I think the way she was dressed was kind of little girlish, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, you know, and she, I thought she did a good job. Girl. You yeah, know, she, she did a great job. And there were times like when she'd turn her, just certain looks, she did look like yeah. a kid. You know, but yeah. I didn't, I would have thought she was, you know, 17, 18, probably, yep. you know. And, and Marty definitely pushes his hypocrisy on her too. And it just, yes, it was really, yep. it was really like, do you even really care, man? Like this is. No. Yeah. It, it was, yeah, his hypocrisy really shined through. And I, is another power thing. I'm sorry I keep bringing it up, but I noticed it. In almost every scene, if not every scene, yeah. But who has the power here? I mean, she's like, you don't own it the way you thought you did, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then she shares a story about, you know, right, uh, yep. the younger girl, you know, like uh-huh. her uncle and stuff. Right. So, yep. 
And, and so that's, you know, that just shows that they, you know, those girls, they're the ones that are, that have the power in this situation, you know? Yeah. yeah. So the, they're owning yeah. their situation. I mean, yep. even, mm-hmm. even if they were dealt bad cards, they're trying to take something right. back, I guess. Yeah. Um, I didn't see how much money he handed her as they walked out. Uh, but I, I'm assuming it's supposed to be enough for her to retire from. It, uh, it looked like it was like 20 bucks. And I was like, I know. Like, what? What? You can go get lunch now. But, right. you know. Well, it's 1995. They could probably buy like lunch yeah. for four days. But right. Yeah. And I loved what Russ said to him. Are you were you about to say that? Uh, no. What did he say? He when he noticed that uh, Marty oh a deposit on the future like, or a down yeah, payment he was like yeah. what is that a down payment you know yeah. so like even though they were done fighting I mean they're now they're just we're, let's do our job you know yeah. they still had little cuts at each other throughout the yeah. episode you know it's yeah. like when your nose you know yeah I mean I, I'm Russ doesn't seem like he judges Marty too much but at the same time he does throw little jabs and they're like, you're a piece of shit, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but he, he went and grabbed a diary. Like, uh, he and the younger girl walked off and that's when, uh, Marty gave his hypocrisy speech to the headmistress lady. Right. Um, so he went and got the diary and he's reading this diary, uh, from Dory Lang. And, uh, it's another mention of the King and the diary. And mm-hmm. then they find, uh, it's a yellow king and they find a flyer for a church. So yeah, they, they agree to go interview some Johns and then they're going to go look for the church at a later day, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then it cuts to an interview with the modern day detectives. Uh, We learned Russ daughter was killed on her tricycle. She Mm -hmm. was hit by a car he ended up in the crazy hospital. Uh, we learned he killed someone, four people total. Uh, and he was offered some psych pension, uh, but he requested the transfer instead, even though the psych pension was uh, hinted at as sort of like the gift, you know, from the right. department. You know, you, you can just have this money if you just go chill. Right. Um the people he killed, though, I, I don't think he was the bad guy here. I think he was righteous in his killings because the one he said was the meth head who was doping up his nine month old baby to purify yes, her. So that's that's the one he shot. His infant, um, I think it was a daughter with yeah. um, meth. Yeah. And of yeah. course, what we know about Russ, this is going to hit him right in the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure that right. made him see red. Yeah, you know, his here his daughter was taken away, and right. this clown is drugging up his nine month old. Right. So, which I can't even imagine that would be a horrible situation. But yeah, um, I mean, he oh, some of the things he said really got some reactions out of the the investigator or the the that's, that were asking i was thinking that too like even yeah. they were like okay we understand uh-huh. this guy a little bit more yeah um rust sort of flexed his uh background a little bit as well not talking about his daughter but talking about how some of the files are still uh classified or closed mm-hmm. or there there's certain things they don't know about him 
and it, and it seemed like Russ was almost proud of that too. Like, oh, you, you guys ain't heard yet, you know? So, yeah. What do you know about me? What did they tell you about me? I think he said. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I and don't then he quite was remember happy to tell all about it. He was happy. Yeah. And I don't quite remember uh, why they bring him in. Like, I know we find out in the last episode or two, but. Mm-hmm. I don't re- like, is he still a cop right now? Like I have no idea. And I know he talks about how he works on Mondays and Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. He drinks in between, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, right. that's when he gives the speech of, he knows who he is. He's, he's happy with that. And it, it, it's the speech he gives that he, of how he found peace with his daughter passing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and he he tries to look at it from a perspective where he's almost thankful for his daughter for not right. giving him the burden of of you know, ha- having to protect her. Yeah. yeah, and and it's or just that, like there's horrible things in this world. Like you right. went out peacefully. Like that's yeah, that's he the said, way to go. Yeah, he said, "Isn't that a beautiful way to go out painlessly yeah. as a happy child?" I wrote that yeah. down because uh, it's. I mean, I feel so that sad. he really believes that, that he's, yes. that his daughter was spared, um, the pains of the world, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if it's just, I, I think the biggest problem is it's too early, you know, it's too early, mm-hmm. but it, he, he mentions like, what's the point of dying when you're old, the damage is already done, you know, that right. sort of a thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder I, I think we're probably in the middle right now of of the projected life cycle. But I wonder if, you know, we're 90 years old, if we would give it up and go back and die as a child painlessly, you know, like you, right. you're happy. You have no worries. You have no stresses. You don't know what's coming. Like, yeah. Uh, and he mentioned that the doctor said that she didn't feel any pain. She had no idea what happened, you know? So is mm-hmm. it, it, when she went, the last thing she remembers was having a good time on her tricycle, which is the saddest thing. But for Russ to be able to find peace with that and be like, she went out happy. She didn't feel any pain, you right. know? And yep. she was just a kid loving life. So, and that, yeah. that obviously changes when you get older. So. Yeah. 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 Um. It's such a such a sad story though such a, but it adds so much depth to rust's character and i'm glad they didn't drag it out for like five more episodes where it's like what really happened you know to his kid we just know she passed you know so i'm i'm happy they shed some light on that you know sooner than later me too yeah yeah so then it cuts to uh, uh marty and and maggie they're at her parents house uh, Maggie is clearly unhappy in her relationship. I don't think she's suspecting Marty is cheating or anything like that. Right. Uh, but she's she's clearly unhappy with, uh, I think, the amount of time she gets to see her husband, you know. Right. And uh, uh, Marty and his father-in-law don't seem to get along. And the girls are in a canoe. The daughters are in a canoe that doesn't seem to be floating anywhere. Like, did they anchor it yeah. down? Like, I was that wondering that. Most... It's just kind of chilling there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's such weird water, too. Like, well, first of all, I'd be worried. It's Louisiana. Like, are there oh, alligators no. in that water? Like, yes. you're right on the bayou. Right. Snakes. And... Alligators. Yeah. There's <laughs> all sorts of creepy crawlies. Uh-huh. Um, there doesn't seem to be any motion in the water so i don't know if it's like a man-made pond or something but it's 
it's really weird how the that it's, for whatever reason caught my attention yeah, that the canoe exactly. or the boat is just sitting in the water like that, not floating anywhere. Right. And apparently the girls are horrible fishermen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the um, thing that, that stood out. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just uh, looking at my notes here. I was trying to think. Well, oh. it's like it, 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 Maggie and her mom are just arguing. Yes, and um, there's another power struggle there. That's what I was going to say. So yeah, her mom even says, so they're arguing, they're bickering about something, and her mom says, you beat up what you can't control. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And this it seems to make Maggie mad, and then mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. storms outside to check on yep. uh, Marty, and uh, Marty just got done <laughs> trading words with his father-in-law and i'm i'm not even quite sure what were they arguing about do you know i I really don't know that one slips past me every time yeah i think the dad was trying to insinuate something and marty was uh, he just based off of how marty is was trying to paint the perfect image of he's a good guy or something Mm -hmm. like that but then here comes maggie and he's like look i gotta go you can have your parents take you home or something yeah. I got to go work on the case. And she's like, we didn't discuss this. And he's like, I told you, you know? Yeah. So it, it's just, I think he's using the case to try and get out of the situation. Who knows if he really wants to work on the case or if he just wants to go hang out with <laughs> his side yeah. chick. Exactly. Um, I think uh, but, a lot of times he uses it as an excuse. Um, he says it's to help him decompress, but yeah. honestly it just feels like he's like, Oh, I have, if I, you know, if I have this case, I can, you know, have that to, as a crutch, yeah. you know? So Yeah. Which, you know, I wonder, like, how much of the case, I mean, as far as we see, he's not working on the case at all. Like, right. Russ is doing all of the yeah. work. He throws um, himself, like, into it in almost an unhealthy way. And yeah, uh, Marty seems to be able to distance himself from the job at and you would, the drop of a hat, you know? Yeah. So. And you would almost think, Rust is doing more when they're split up. Like right. Rust is getting things yeah. done. And well, yeah. I mean, he said, "Let's go to the, let's go check out this church." And uh, uh, Marty was Marty. like, "Oh, we said we were going to check out John's today. Let's go to John's, and then we can do yep. church tomorrow." You know. Yep. Yeah. Um, which you know, we know Rust was correct, but yep. So after the the parents scene it shows russ interviewing people he's interviewing men he's he's interviewing more hookers mm-hmm. he even tries to pay one off yeah. he's like you you remember if i'll give you more money she's like yeah i might remember and it's like that's the worst sort of negotiating there should be yes. uh, like you don't want to just be throwing money if she thinks there's going to be more money but you don't yeah. want and oh, then she, another question she I had, had was, the control in that situation as well. Yeah, <laughs> but I wonder how much Russ paid her though. And that's the other thing I was wondering is, is it Russ's money? Is he doling out his own cash to get yeah, this I was information? About that as well. Or is there like a a petty drawer? But see, how could you even get a? Re- it's not like you can submit a receipt. Like, oh, I I tried to bribe some informants. Uh, I'm going to need eighty dollars. You know, yeah, exactly. Cash. Yeah. So uh, maybe they yeah. they have. I don't know. Maybe they have a certain amount of petty cash. I'm, I'm really not sure. I'll have to look yeah, into I don't, that. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. what's Here's it called? Here's money. Here's your food money. What's the What's the food allowance called? What's that? A per diem. A per diem, yeah. I wonder yeah. if they have like a certain per diem of just loose cash. Maybe. Every Maybe. Day. 
yeah. yeah. I doubt it, but at the same time, who knows? <laughs> I wouldn't be dishing out my own money. I'd be giving her singles, you know, like here's five bucks. What do you know? And if she doesn't want to say, I'll give her like five more bucks. And if there's nothing after that, I'm walking. So, yeah. Um, so while Russ is interviewing people, now it cuts to Marty and his wife arguing at home. Right. Um, there are certain things that I actually do agree with with marty like i understand the decompressing i understand i don't understand his ways of decompressing but if he's a cop he is seeing dead bodies like he is right. lead detective he is seeing some of the most horrible things you know so it's like i get that he he may need to go to the bar to have a drink before he comes home or maybe he needs a little bit more him time you know it's right. a yeah, but but that could happen in the other room of the house. Like he doesn't have yes. to be out of the house for this. But he's I do have to have a mistress. He's yes, even... exactly. Yeah, this like, morally bad decision. Yeah, um, he's blank. You know, he's using his job. Um, yeah, as yeah. You know, the, to blame for his you know infidelity, yeah. really. Yeah, um, yeah. But and I... also he he's he's not really putting himself in he doesn't have much, much empathy i get it like he does need to decompress um yeah. but but he can't be decompressing what, the whole time like needs, he's still yeah at some point he needs to turn the dad switch on and the right. husband switch and he needs to be the family man that he thinks he is yeah. you know yeah and uh I, I feel like maggie's holding her own she's doing a good job mm -hmm. uh She's staying composed. Um, but then Marty says, even your mom thinks you're a ball buster. Right. And of all the things he said, apparently mm -hmm. that's the one that crosses the line. Right. Like, well, I mean, I, she, she got, she took the power after that. She's like, go to yeah. the girls. It's time for dinner. And he did. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but even he knew he messed up with that line and he was, you were waiting for that apology. Uh -huh. But I was just thinking that wasn't the worst line of everything no. he said in the last right. two minutes of this clip. Like that was yeah. probably in the middle, you know? Right. And he was, so, you know, he, he tries to box the women in, you know? Um, yeah. To, yeah. Boxes miss, you know, control his mistress and control his wife and, you know, um yeah. but he said he makes it all about him when he one of the things he said was it's supposed to be about what i want it's supposed to help me you know i, I think so. that is a very 1950s mm -hmm. uh, male point of view and right and maybe we're led to believe that that's his dad speaking right you know like yeah. he, he's supposed to be a older generation type person or something like that um, I don't, I agree with the logic. I don't agree with anything else of it though. You know, like, right. He, he needs to be a father. He needs to be a husband. And it's like, mm -hmm. he's there. Why is he arguing with her? Like, he, right. He should be helping her with dinner or at least offering instead. He's just drinking. Yeah. What is Jim beam or rum or something? And right. You know, yeah, he's just dropping the ball. So he finally walks in and he goes to get his kids uh, ready for dinner. And they're like, okay, we're coming, you know. And then as soon as they get up and leave, he notices that they were playing with their dolls. And their dolls, I wanted to say, I've got it written in my notes that they're playing crime scene or something. 
Yeah. But when we watched it again, it doesn't look like a crime scene. No, it doesn't. What do you think it, was going on in Marty's you, head in that moment? As a dad, what was what was going through his head when he saw the, the way they had arranged those dolls? It was very weird. I have no yeah. idea what he's thinking. I definitely would ask him. There would be a conversation at dinner. There would be a conversation with the wife, you know, like, hey, I just saw this. How do we want to tackle this together? You yeah. know, like it just it was one naked Barbie mm-hmm. and four Ken slash GI Joe looking dudes yeah. circling her. And right. one dude was positioned to where it looked like he may be grabbing his, his thing, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, but we don't like see, we only, or something. Yeah. We only see the backside. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that he thought, uh, my work is affecting my kids, you know? Um, this you know naked girl with antlers, you know. Um, Does she have antlers? I didn't. No, but okay. The doll, you know, just the you know the naked doll, and yeah, you know, there's you know killers on the loose. There's serial killer on the loose. It's you know these bad men, and you know he, they've probably heard overheard some things. You know, do you think yeah, that he, he thought at all? that his job was affecting his home life. You think that he had an, any kind of thoughts about that in that moment? Uh, I, I'm thinking, no, that didn't yeah. cross his mind. Yeah. I mean, I think he's like, what? I think he was shocked. Yeah. And disgusted and, and worried. Yeah. <laughs> but it's about what he wants, you know, he didn't, yeah. he's still, I don't think he went there. I don't think he's that deep. Yeah. See, I I feel like I would consult with the wife first. Like, I as the kids were at the table, mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, Maggie, come here. Check this out. Right. You know? And like the girls were playing. This is what we see. What, what do we think? Right. You know, uh, if I don't think he would ever think his job is doing it, but I, I would hope that his absence in the house would maybe be leading to this. I would probably be like, who are these kids hanging out with <laughs> sort of right. thing? Yeah. Like I, I would probably go straight to the friend blame game. Like you're hanging out with the wrong people, kids. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also noticed by the end of the episode, Rust is four beers deep of, of his six pack. Okay. So... He also flask out a few times. What's that? He also had his flask out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's During the also interview. drinking. Yeah, he's also drinking coffee yeah. or whatever's in the coffee. But his big hug mug is for cigarette ash. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so now we're back at the office, uh, 1995 office. Uh, I want to see his the character's name is Ken Quesadilla. But it's not Quesadilla. It's <laughs> Quesada. I think it's Quesada. Right. Uh, Kevin Dunn plays Quesada. Uh, you might remember him from Seinfeld. He's been in a million things. But the thing I remember him most is Seinfeld when Jerry has to break up with his friend. In, in oh, like, mm-hmm. he's, he's got like an obnoxious friend. It's like season two, I think. Maybe season one. Anyway, okay. uh, he plays that. Uh, the thing I noticed 
uh, other than his nameplate saying Quesadada, Quesada, or something like that. And I immediately thought Quesadilla. Um, (laughs) They're getting yelled at. Rust and Martin are getting yelled at because there's a new uh, task force for this crime uh, to check notes. But the thing that stood out to me is everybody's badge was in the shape of Louisiana State. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Yeah, the badge, all of the badges are in the shape. So this makes me think that they're state police. I, okay. I, yeah. I don't know that for a fact because you only see the one state trooper captain. Right. You know, but it looked like he was on a different team or something because even he looked like he had issues with Rust and Martin. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Kevin Dunn, he does a great job as the major and uh, he tells Rust to uh, shut up and this seems to be the theme for everybody, you know, right. (laughs) Like nobody wants to hear Russ talk. They don't want his opinions. They don't want anything, his insight. Uh, So after Russ is told to shut up, he raises his hand to speak. And, and the major says, you're even a smart ass with your mouth shut. I love that. It's so awesome because Russ was not trying to be a smart ass. Like he didn't even have a smirk. I got like, something. Listen to me. Yeah. Yep. So uh, the governor Tuttle or whatever his name is, uh, it definitely wants to pass it off to the task force. So Rust is still trying to spew his information like, hey, there's this, there's this. Uh, but the major doesn't want to hear anything about it. So he just sort of looks at Marty and he's like, it's your call. You want this case or not? That and is Marty's, so frustrating. Yeah, it's like nobody, they're just ignoring Russ at this point. Like, they're not even yes. acknowledging anything he says. And you so, just want to say, don't you know that Russ is the one that's doing all the work on this case? Right. right. And you're, you're one, you're waiting for Marty to make the decision? No. Right. And Russ is like, hey, maybe have more people on the case, like, you know, to investigate DKs or whatever they're called. Right. And, uh, uh, and I'm just thinking, or just have Marty start being a police officer, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That would be adding one more guy to the case. Yeah. Um, so do you it, think, oh, go ahead. Did you... Well, I was just going to say they, they sort of come to the conclusion. Uh, Marty wants the case mm-hmm. and he negotiates with the major, like just give us to the end of the month, which turns right. out to be two weeks. They have two more weeks to find something. Or right. they start catching new cases. Yeah. So, yeah. So, do you really think Marty wanted to stay on the case? I mean, he tells the investigating officers in 2012 that he did, that he really yeah. did want to do it. So, yeah. I believe he did. I, I do believe too, he did. But I, I don't think he wanted to do it for the reasons that Rust wanted to do it. I still think it's, you know, he he has that as an out right now yeah he likes sure. using it as an excuse yeah. and, and that very well may be too i yeah. do think th- i i know at this moment i don't hate marty and i don't remember hating marty after the hate the entirety no so i do think he comes around and is a good cop so at some point I do think he legitimately wants to crack this case, you know. Right. Uh, but right now in this episode, he may be using it because he has two more weeks of an alibi, you know. Right. 
exactly. So, yeah. yeah. You can maybe have time to tie up some other loose ties. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> or handcuff some loose ties. Right. Um, <laughs> Uh, so now they're driving down a dirt road. They seem to be in the middle of nowhere. They're looking for this church today because they're done. Well, not they, but Rust is done interviewing other Johns. Um, there doesn't seem to be anything around. And at the first sign of Marty being a detective, he looks in the middle of nowhere and he's like, hey, what's that church over there? Or what's that? So it yeah. seems like they found the building that they were looking for. Uh, they drive up to this abandoned looking decrepit church. And I don't know if you noticed, but as the car was stopping, the tires squeal and <laughs> they are on dirt. So. Yeah. Yeah. That is frustrating when that happened. Yep. But so. I thought it, but visually, I loved that shot. It, that, it was a big, wide shot and they parked the car across the, the street on the other side of the the dirt road in front of the church so that they could get this big wide beautiful shot of them walking across the dirt towards the church yeah yep. and it had that stained glass window with like the yeah. industry in the background and it was yeah. just a really beautiful shot yeah. minus the screeching tires <laughs> well so i only like to point out the screeching tires because it's just so ridiculous and it's such a yeah a cliche pretty much of of movies you know and, yeah. and television that tires screech on any sort of surface especially dirt roads so, <laughs> um yeah uh so when they stop their car outside of the abandoned church there's a shot of rust looking at the horizon and when suddenly a group of blackbirds take flight from the bushes uh as the old rust uh 2012 rust he does a voice over for the scene uh the group of birds start making random random <laughs> i wish i could speak random patterns in the sky <laughs> one of which is a spiral sign as seen on the tattooed murdered victim's back. Yes. Yes. So did you know that right away? No, I okay. didn't. It, it took a, I mean, I just noticed it the last time and put that together. So that's, that's how we know that it's an, a hallucination. Right. Um, but is it? Cause it feels like it's two worlds blending together where the birds not there at all. Or did, did Rust's mind, tell him like was it some sort of psychic power like telling him that they're in the right spot that they're about to see something big i just kind of took it as a chemical flashback yeah but, i took you know, it as a chemical even, flashback too he even said i you know i think the you know the cops that are interviewing him said asked him something about the hallucinations and he said something about oh i know what's real you know yeah. not real so yeah. I think I it, just roll with it. I just roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think so, that's when I was thinking uh, shades of the dazed and confused character. Right. So you were about to say something before I rudely cut you off. Oh, I don't know. I might have cut you off. I don't know. Uh, no, I think I was just going to talk about the the cops um, asking him about his hallucinations and him saying, "Yeah, I know what's yeah. real." And what's not. Yeah. So I, I did not know that the birds uh, 
did I knew there was supposed to be something significant to the birds because I mean we see the birds and they're they're flying in a crazy shape and it, it's fantastic CGI because I wasn't convinced until they started making crazy shapes right. that they weren't real birds. I was like, oh, they caught this moment, you know, this is fantastic, and they just decided to leave it in. But of course, then they make the spiral. Um, thanks to IMDb fun facts, that's when I saw that the spiral was uh, uh, the tattoo on the murder victim's back. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so then they start walking in the church. I did think it was cool that the stained glass at the top was the only thing that really wasn't broken from this yeah. church. Like, that was yeah. the one thing that stayed intact. Uh, but inside this decrepit church, there was some graffiti. It looked kind of cartoonish, but uh, what they see is uh, the king, basically, right? Oh, I I thought it was uh, a naked woman with antlers, like, just like the victim. But oh. it could be. I mean, I, I, that's what I, I thought it was. But well, I thought it was. I thought there was the king and a naked woman with antlers. Ooh, and I, I yeah. thought the king had a crown. I thought there okay. was a yellow crown. Yes, I do remember. But, Maybe maybe my brain is putting it there, but if you remember it too, that makes me feel a little less crazy. I'm I'm okay. I don't know. I'm I'm feeling a little crazy right now. I definitely re- remember thinking that's a naked woman with antlers, like the victim. Oh, okay, it was definitely cartoonish, and it looked relatively new too. Like it didn't look like old graffiti. So, no. Yeah. It- So, and then the the episode ends off of that. Yeah. It was, uh, but Russ did say, you know, when I see these things, I think I'm either going, you know, generally, I think it's just something crazy and I accept it. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, other times I feel like, he's he's riding the pipeline of righteousness or something like that like right he, he yeah. almost felt like they are giving them superpowers which maybe maybe they are because you know the birds take that shape and and give him the hint that oh yeah no you're in the right spot so right yeah well, it could be just that he's so intelligent and he also has these chemical flashbacks yeah and he's able it's almost like a puzzle yeah um, maybe... subconscious is kind of you know painting itself yeah know, the answers for him maybe maybe his psychedelic flashbacks and his intelligence are starting to hone in on each other's skills and work together <laughs> so yeah maybe. but either way i thought it was really cool I yeah it was really it cool really I, I thought it was a great episode um i know where imdb had them ranked 8.9 for the first 8.8 for this one i I think I agree with that. I would give them both eights, but I think I liked episode one just a little bit more just because of that cliffhanger, you know, the start asking the right questions, you know? Yeah, that was a uh, great way to, to close the episode. But this one, to me, there were just so many brilliant moments, even just little body language, you know, yeah. which is with the, the character. Yeah. I, I one thing I, I was gonna say uh, about the locker room scene after he almost breaks Marty's wrists, you know, uh, yeah. after Marty walks away, he just takes a minute and feel touches his pulse in his neck. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was. And weird. I I was thinking, is he just trying to check his pulse, or is he trying to 
use that as a way to slow his pulse down, you know? Right, right. Uh, to control his pulse. I don't know. Yeah. But I just, there was just, there's just so many little gems. And I loved yeah. that every scene had a power. I could nerd out even more um, <laughs> on that. Geez, Gaby, you're really a super nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even the 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 two girls in the canoe, they were having a power struggle out there. You know, yeah. Like I told you, you know. But I mean, just... I, I've never looked at it like that before. Uh-huh. But could you almost just make the power struggle a connection in everything we watch? I don't know. Okay. I pay more attention. But uh, to me, it was uh, to me, this whole episode was about the power struggle and showing the difference and how they both have their weaknesses. Yeah. And I mean, it was just back and forth, the power struggle, I thought. Yeah. Through the whole thing. I, I, I loved it. I thought it was a brilliant episode. Me too. Me too. I'm ready for three now. Let's do this. I'm so ready for three. And and I know the cliffhanger from episode one, this has a pretty good cliffhanger too. Like I'm yeah. not trying to dismiss that. So right. uh, I'm definitely pumped up for episode three and especially knowing uh, according to IMDb that they just get better, which is crazy because I, I remember the payoff at the very end just wanted, I yeah. wanted more from it. So I, I am excited. I can't wait to watch episode three. So I agree. Well, this was All so right. fun to talk Your about. Voice fun. Ah. All right. All right. Well, are we good then? I think we're good. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening and we will see you soon with another episode. Bye. Bye. All right. Real quick. We meant to record this even sooner than we did. I, I, we meant to record this one day before, but we kept having issues. And the issue was we were both signed in as one person into the app. So, uh, but we did record a little test episode, which is like a minute and a half of just us discussing what the problem was. And we were just so excited that we were able to finally get it working, that we, we problem solved it. Anyway, I thought it was a fun little piece of audio and I've decided to include it as sort of like a blooper, excuse me, uh, a blooper for the podcast. So I'm putting it at the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoy the little inside look to it. So anyway, thanks for listening again. Hello. Hey, hey, we figured it out. TV We Love with Brad and Jamie is the host and Jamie Shea is connected. Yeah, this looks like All a right. secret. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I'm glad this works. Me too. Okay. Yay. Yay. I, I created even more notes. Me too. I'm so excited. I am so excited to talk about this. <laughs> so excited. You created more notes as we were watching? Yeah. I, 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 I created notes before it while we were watching it. Like, I got a lot out of this episode. The, the thing, I I didn't really create more notes, but I, I left myself some tabs from last time. And yeah. I was like, "This I'll fill them in when we watch again. So what I did was I grabbed everybody's name and character name. So we can be like, oh, and the dad is played by this person. 
Oh, good. You know, it, like you might know him in this shit, you know. So good. I did that for each other significant. And then um, uh, I got a little blurb about Quaaludes. So. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that's that's Mine what I did. Just really. I'm really digging deep in the theme of this episode. It's yeah. everywhere. It's everywhere. And yeah. I'm so excited to talk about it. But anyway. Me too. Okay. All right. All right. So we're going to do it tomorrow? Yep. I'll be ready. I'll be happy. Me too. To do it. Okay. All right. Well, I will give you a call then. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Check out our social media pages at TV We Love on Twitter, TV We Love on Facebook, and TV We Love Podcast on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider following and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate all ratings and reviews, especially the five-star ones. We'll be back soon with another episode of TV We Love. Bye.